Yo, 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 Leo. Hello and welcome. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to Pool Boys Recommend, your favourite comedy podcast where three silly boys recommend things to each other and then we go off and we do it and then we come back and review it. My name is Stuart. I am Chris. I'm Davey. Oh, there's Constable Davey. There he is, reporting for duty. G'day. And we are your certified pool boys. Uh, we're back with a new batch of recommends, but first it's time to rate and review the crazy shit we gave each other last week. Uh, but quickly, just really quickly, actually. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bust in with my own little segment here. Oh, uh, it's just, okay. just a one-off, just a one-off. Right. Um, I completely sure. forgot to mention this last week, but yeah. uh, just if we can harken back to uh, zookeeping. Yep. I just sure. thought that, that I should Sorry, mention wait, wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. I'm harkening. If you could just keep it quiet for a second. Just trying to harken over here. I just harkening back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, go ahead. So I'm still harkening. Okay. Uh, Chris, how's the harkening going? Sorry, I thought I thought the harken was a uh, traditional New Zealand dance. Uh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. The harken? No, no, no. no, no, no. no okay. That's the haka. Haka. Oh. Um, so about zookeeping, right? What funny, what a funny joke. There's a great, um, <laughs> this is a great, uh, there's a great crossover between zookeeping and one of the other recommends that you gave me, Chris. Uh, did you know that you actually have to complete a certain amount of the beep test to become a zookeeper? Uh, just like a copper. Is that yeah, just like, like, just like Constable Davy over there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that makes sense. You have to chase after animals and stuff. You'd want to. There's be a reason why they don't keep yeah. pigs at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> do you remember if it was if the number for a zookeeper is higher or lower than a cop? Um, I think it's about the same because there's sort of okay. a standard level of like if you can yeah. beat, I think it's like eight point two or something. You are a, a physically fit person. Do you know? And, and second question: Do you know what the average number is for, say, a tiger? Um, <laughs> I think it would probably be much, much higher. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> Pretty hard to get a tiger to stop at a traffic cone and turn back, though. Um, <laughs> if that if that were the case, uh, you know, <laughs> there'd be a lot less yeah. uh, people and tiger uh, problems in the world. That's for that's sure. True. There'd be that's a lot true. less people. That uh, uh-huh. well, I'm, that. Say, I'm <laughs> saying that there would be more people because you could just put traffic cones around every town, and then when they hit the traffic cones, they turn back to complete the next circuit. Uh, yes. Mm, like NASCAR Tigers. Let, yeah. Let's get this moving, guys. Last week, Stu, I recommended that you, uh, in one word, yodel. Yes. I recommend yodel. you yodel. Yeah, yeah. And so. Yodel he who? Yodel he who, yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> so I'll show you. <laughs> that was the traditional was greeting of people who like to cause avalanches. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, how old do you reckon yodeling is in your estimation? Oh, man. Oh, um, I wouldn't say it was current. No, no. I would say that it's probably dropped off in popularity. I'd say about a thousand years old. Okay, right. Davey, you got a guess? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it is 500 years old. Okay, right. Dave, you're pretty close as to, yes! the, as to the alpine yodeling from the Swiss Alps that we know today. Right. But but yodeling itself, like the actual you know practice of what yodeling is or what we call yodeling now, anthropologists mm. think that that's about ten thousand years old. Because um, it's it's a tech it's a technique to keep to keep your cattle together. Because of course, whenever you think yodeling, oh. you think cows, right? Yeah. Sure. No. Always. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's what it was mm. for. It was originally like actually a tool. 
So many cows up mountains, you know. So many cows up mountains, man. Yeah. Heaps. That you can't you can't get them off the mountain. They can walk up mountains, but not down mountains. That's that's yeah, the they can't thing. go down them. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they just go to the top. Yeah. Mm. So yodeling the way that we know it uh, is called that because the word yodeling literally means to utter the syllable yo. Oh, that's, really? It just means yodeling. So if it was kind of like oh, it was just del before then. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, dilling, I guess, refers to the sound that you're making. So dilling would just be silence. It would be similar to hearkening. Mm, okay, great. So that's yodeling. What is art delling? Artling. Uh, that's you're an art dealer. Art I'm, dealer. In, I'm in a dell, just singing yeah. about oh, breakups okay. and stuff. I think. Anyway, moving along. Um, <laughs> but what but what yodeling is, and the, and the reason the reason why it is yodeling and not you know cardling or cuddling, jardling is because. Um, the the syllable and the sound yo is such an open sound and it's like very easy to do the yodeling technique with that particular vowel sound. Oh. It's really difficult with other vowel sounds. It's possible, but it's difficult. Okay. Um, okay. And it's characterized in case like everyone knows what yodeling sounds like, but the way that that sound is achieved is by switching between your chest voice and your upper register or your falsetto or head voice really quickly. Mm. So... Do you guys want to give it a test? So, um, spe- you know, speaking in your normal voice, you kind of just produce a note that sounds natural. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay, and now you go into your head voice, which is kind of like what you'd put on to, you know, like maybe play play a woman or something. So you go, kind of up here. <coughs> yeah, okay, great. Are, you, are all uh. of your characters seagulls, Dave? <laughs> 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 uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, that's about right, and that's that's about the octave, and so you kind of want to go between the two. This is unlistenable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get get ready for the next ten minutes of the best audio you've ever heard. So yeah, you're just going between those two registers in your voice. So basically, what yodeling is is just a musical testy pop. <laughs> okay, okay. It really is a musical oh, wow. test spell over and over again. And it is so fucking loud. It is so loud. It made it like a really kind of difficult week practicing it because I just know that I'm pissing off my entire street. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. it has to be really loud because in the Swiss Alps, it was used as a form of long distance communication. <laughs> so oh. you'd yodel as a uh, cattle herder or a shepherd and you would yodel to let the surrounding towns and villages know that you were coming. So basically, this is history's first iteration of text me before you come over. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, is. right. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. I really didn't realise there was this much about yodelling. You know? There's a lot yeah. of law here. You know? it's, yeah. a, it's a whole cultural tradition. Um huh. So it was used by cow herders in the Alpine regions for hundreds and hundreds of years, and that's kind of like the original form of the traditional Swiss yodeling that we know today. And that yodeling sounds very, very different to the musical yodeling that we hear, uh, you know, sometimes in in songs or that we refer to as, you know, a cultural phenomenon. So I'll give you a little bit of this particular kind of yodeling, and this is what it sounds like. And this, it's to it's to bring the cows back home. It's also to, yeah, as I said, communicate with uh, across vast distances. And this is this is kind of what that sounds like. So I've been I've been practicing this one. <coughs> <laughs> Yo, 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 yo,
you can, it's clear that you've definitely practiced a lot. <laughs> Still going. He hasn't heard me yet because he's hundreds of thousands of kilometers away. Oh, here they come. Oh, here they come. Here they are. Here they are. They're coming. Get Angus. Wow. Go on back in the shed. God. He's been yelling so long. He's yelling till the cows come home. Friedrich! Hello, hello, Friedrich! Hello, hello! No! Oh my god, stop! <laughs> In the shed, Friedrich! In the shed! In the shed, Friedrich! Goodbye. Get in it. Get in All the right. shed. Brigida, Listless. what are you doing out of the shed? Oh hello. my god. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> that was as tough for us as it was for you. Oh, last week, Chris, I recommended to you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of uh, that's kind of the really old school yodeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but then I, see, I do see why they maybe yeah. uh, branched away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to see. However, people still do it. It's still it's still a tradition in the Swiss Alps. Like, there's a lot of farmers who still use yodeling to call back their cows who are grazing throughout the day. Um, so it works, you know. It works. The cows cows love that shit. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those videos of like cows just being super into the trombone? I have. Yeah, man. Just be a, like a, a a video of some dude like sitting in a field playing uh, a trombone, uh, and then it would like just cows will just come over the hill and just like stand around him in a in a massive. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like uh, yeah, Re- uh, animals' relationship with music is is really fascinating because we know from studies that a lot of animals. Uh, can determine melody and pitch but can't determine rhythm. Some animals can determine rhythm but can't can't determine pitch. Some animals can determine octaves but not any in individual, uh, you know, sort of individual notes of the scale. So I think that animals appreciate music even if they don't understand it in a way that we do. Yeah. Um, cool. So yodeling started to seep into folk music and uh, it became much more melodic than what you just heard then and it started to show um, sort of recognisable rhythmic structures. Sure. And, uh, and now this age-old tradition is an excuse for retired men with marital issues to wear lederhosen and Tyrolean hats uh, with their mates on a Thursday afternoon. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Hell yeah. <laughs> that, would explain, that would explain what you're wearing right now, Stu, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Um, <laughs> so, if I'm, so what I should not take from this is that if I'm ever in the mountains and I hear someone yodeling, that it, is, it could be one of many different cries for help. Yeah, it's like it's like um, I just had to get out of the house. <laughs> oh, dude, that is bad. That's bad news. Yodeling's bad news. It has been uh, developed independently in many, many different cultures. So there's a whole bunch of Persian classical music um, that yeah uh, became a thing separately from Alpine yodeling. Uh, and they use this thing called tarir, which is tremolo in, in English. It's kind of like our mm. translation for it. And it's like a yodeling technique. It does the same thing. It oscillates between um, between yeah. the, the two registers, which is really interesting. I believe this is also called alulation. Yeah, sounds about right. Read it in a book. Might have misunderstood it. Um, so, yeah, heaps and heaps and heaps of countries like Azerbaijan, Bulgarian, Macedonian, Turkish, Armenian, Afghanistan and Central Asia, they all have their own different forms of yodeling. Even Zimbabwe, uh, yeah, uh, the Central Africa pygmy singers, they've been using it for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. 
Um, Romanian traditional folk music. Yodeling's kind of everywhere. It's only yeah. really in recent years that yodeling has stopped being such a feature of music. Hmm. Um, yeah, which is just, I just found really interesting. Even interesting. Hawaiian people, like, and you probably know this, you know how you got the sliding guitar and stuff and they kind of like, mm. they're singing and then they kind of croon up into that higher register. Calypso, That's baby. technically yeah. a form of yodeling. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, even, All right. even in Australia, I was thinking about it and we kind of have our own yodel as well, depending on how you do it. But you know, cooey. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I guess so. 100%. It is a yeah. kind of yodeling. Yeah. That makes huh. sense. Yeah. Right. Here we go. We all yodel. Also, a fun little pop culture yodel, Tarzan. Tarzan's cry is a yodel. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. So anyway, oh. do, you, uh, do you guys want to hear my full-blown yodel? I'd love nothing more. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, people like him. I'd, l- I'd love to hear it. Yeah? Okay. Do you guys like it? That was great, man. It did sound a little bit like you, Stu, I will say. <laughs> what, what the hell was that? It was Hocus, it was Hocus Pocus by Focus. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa now. Nah, I'll, I'm just joshing you. I have, I have written my own little uh, yodel ditty. Yeah, I'll give it a crack. I've had some really great days of yodeling and being like, fuck, I'm killing it today. Yeah. Um, this morning I was doing really well, but then I sort of felt like I was over practicing and my voice got a bit hoarse. Yep. Um, so let's see how I go. All right, cool. Yep. Yodel, yodel, and now we go a bit faster. Oh, okay. And now we go Godzilla speed. Oh, here it is. Alright. Whoa. Well done, mate. Thanks, man. You know, Whoa. it's really funny. Yodel. Like last last week when I gave you this recommendation, I said, you know, you never know. You might be the best yodeler in the world. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that, man. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, man. oh, last little thing. In case, in case you couldn't tell, and I'm sure after hearing that, it will become incredibly obvious. But the word yodeling, right, before that word was, was coined, they just called yodeling yelling. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right. Why are they called yeah, that, Stu? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was actually great, Stu. I really enjoyed that. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right, that is me done. Your rating system. Oh, shivers. Yeah, shiver me timbers, my rating system. Uh, this was a lot of good fun. Um, my experience, I'm going to give it four stars out of 10 only mm-hmm. because, uh, it's sort of like, it was hard to practice and I, didn't, I felt like a nuisance. I felt like a fucking nuisance, um, for spiritual growth. I'm going to give it a solid six out of 10. I really enjoyed it. And okay. for stars, I'm going to give it seven out of 10. Let's bring yodeling back. You know, Let's hell yeah, it. man. It's Hell pretty yeah. great. Okay. It's pretty great. All right. Cool. David Reynolds. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <clears throat> Constable Reynolds. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Last week. Is this? You're asking for my badge and gun again. <laughs> um, I don't need your badge. I'll just take down the number. Okay. It's number one. Uh, David Reynolds, last week I recommended to you that you prepare for us a viva voce, mm. a, um, an assessment, if you will, on your ability to express your learning of music theory. I love that you um, you said it like that because, uh, listeners, many of you would know that I uh, did a Bachelor of Music. This, my, my undergraduate degree was a Bachelor of Music. And, mm-hmm. and so I have done a fair few of these and I've written a lot of musical essays and I've done a lot of music analysis stuff and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So when Stu said this, I was like, oh, my God, I'm reliving myself yeah. from 2013 to 2015, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Peak time for Davey. What I it was a big it was it was a big time for me. Um, <laughs> basically, the experience of writing a Viva Voce um, is essentially just waking up on the day, thinking, "Oh my God, there's an assessment on. I need to talk about this this thing." Uh huh. Yeah. Fluently, um, yeah. but I don't know goddamn anything about this, <laughs> so I'm just going to get up there and just trying to just do my best out there. Do you mean you don't know anything about what you're about to talk about or just generally that's that's the feeling of a student? No, I'm just saying that that was what my experience of university was like in my undergraduate course. Um, Part of this, um, so I've got two kind of segments here. I do have a small Viva Voce for you. But then also I'm going to talk about my my work at uni because what I did was I went back and uh, looked and read through all my essays that I submitted for for uni. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. And they are garbage. Crazy. They are <laughs> so, so bad. Amazing. But I was, I was still learning about stuff that I really, really liked. And so I'm going to talk about some of that stuff um, now. Uh, I'm just going to – it's kind of a bit of a scatterbrained thing. Um, but basically I wanted to talk about the noise artist. This is just a few things that I, that I discovered. I want to mm. talk about the noise artist Mertzbau. Okay. Me, have you ever heard of Mertzbau? Mertzbau. Okay. Is he the guy who like faced a bunch of speakers against each other, like a a futurist artist? Is that the guy? Yeah, he was like a, well, he's a noise musician. Um, Basically, he he is famous for just being basically the loudest thing ever. Um, (laughs) A personal inspiration of yours? (laughs) He would just create these feedback loops inside these... um, these um, guitar pedals, yeah. uh, and then also his instrument. Instead of actually playing a guitar, he invented an instrument, and 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 
the invention of these musical instruments is, is something that I've really enjoyed um, yeah, about cool. learning about in my, I in mean, my course. Sorry, Dave, this, this, guy, this guy sounds loud, but uh, have you heard Stuart's last segment? It was, yeah. Did that you was pretty, <laughs> that was good to check that out. It was, yeah. it was pretty loud. That the was cows pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. The cows did come home. Friedrich, back in the shed. Friedrich. <laughs> sorry, guys. Mertzbell has this one instrument which he's invented, which is a small box. Mm. It's a little square box, and it is full of gravel. Oh. Uh, I thought it was a Bluetooth speaker. The gravel, that's right. The gravel is like a hematite gravel, uh, and there's an expo- There's a little, inside the box, there's like a little meshing and a little filament, and that filament is what kind of uh, is, is, is modulated to create, create the noise, right? Okay, yeah, sure. And so all he does is he gets on stage, plugs in his box of rocks, <laughs> a true rock artist. Yeah, yeah, and then he shakes the box of rocks, and everyone's eardrums blow out. <laughs> it's basically the, the the mo for this dude, and and I and I love it. You know? Yeah, right. Oh boy. Because and this is it was part of a modernist move, uh, movement of music because he basically modernist uh, artists sought to find extremes in their music. So. Um, yeah. Another, another example is um, Luigi Rizzolo, uh, who, who was an Italian composer, he was a futurist composer, mm-hmm. um, and he basically uh, invented a bunch of new instruments. Yeah, right. Basically, he would just try and find, you know, um, like the, the true essence of atonality to try and to separate himself as far from the conventions of music as possible and, and therein define a new, a new type of music, right? That's pretty cool. Any of these, yeah. any of these instruments we could purchase at um, at uh, Alan's Music? Um, I don't know if you could buy them at Alan's Music, but a box of rocks is pretty easy to come by. <laughs> yeah, that's tr- they are naturally occurring. Yeah, I think you'd pretty pretty severely need to mess up some IKEA furniture to make the kind of stuff that Luigi Rizzolo was making. Yeah. <laughs> um, another another really notable um, musician that came basically was looking for extremes in music was John Cage. Yeah, that's yep, yep, yep. And I thought that we would talk about this. Basically, John Cage wrote an extremely famous uh, piece of music, mm. uh, Stuart, called Four Minutes and Thirty Three Seconds. Yes, that's right. And Stuart, do you want to do you want to tell Chris and I about that? What can you describe it? I, I am out of my weight weight <laughs> class here. <laughs> it's I mean, it's just it's four minutes of four minutes twenty seconds of him hearkening back, isn't it? Oh, it's absolute silence. And scene, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it's absolute silence. And then the thing about that is that w- one of the ideas behind that was that he was trying to find, um, he was trying to create like an absolute moment uh, when, he was, when he made this. So when you were sitting in the auditorium, mm-hmm. the music wasn't just the music that was like produced by instruments. It was, it was the absence of that, but it was also a moment of presence where you were listening to all of the other sounds of the world and how that was like a discrete four minutes and 33 seconds of you just being alive, essentially. Yeah. And in that moment, you'd be hyper, hyper aware of, of, uh, yeah, everything that isn't the music because it's, it's all you're waiting for. And so I think there's some quote where he's talking about how he wanted people to be like really in touch with the shuffling of the orchestra and to really feel the presence of the orchestra rather than listening to the music that they were creating. I'm not sure if this guy's a genius or a wanker. That's that's literally his whole vibe. Yeah, it's a fine line, man. I'm really starting to wish that instead of fill up the cup, I just did that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, four minutes and 33 seconds too. You know, just, yeah. just created high art, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> Instead of the pop classic that is Fill Up the Cup. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> loving a generation of their song, you know? Four to the floor. Yeah, you sold out, man, but we all we all love you for it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I would also like to now actually give you a little bit of a, of a Via Virtue that, that I, wrote, I wrote as well. Oh, and oh yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. This is basically cool. a simulation of, uh, of me in high school Giving, giving my Viva Voce. Okay. Ready? Oh, excellent, excellent. Welcome to my presentation today. <laughs> I'd like to start my presentation today with a clip. Oh, okay. I hope you know we're marking you here, Davey. Yeah, and we did we did specifically say in the rubric, no excess material, so... Um... <laughs> this doesn't bode well. <laughs> no. I don't think you're ever going to graduate poor boys college. <laughs> I'd like to start my my presentation today with a clip. Thank you for listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> my Viva Voce today is on the note G. <laughs> awesome. Today, oh my God. many songs have the note G. But did you know... <laughs> Pull it together, man. Did you know? Sorry. Today, many songs have the note G, but did you know most of these are fake? <laughs> are uh, they? Okay. A, a, real, a real note G is very rare and valuable. Let's go <laughs> back in time to 1807. In 1807, the note G was discovered by a small woman who was looking for something else. She's, she said, I needed a scarf, but now I'm rich because of my new discovery. And, and her discovery was the note G. Oh, wow. Her name was Geraldine Goddard. Okay. Okay. She, she named the note after her cat, whose name was the note G. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, Mrs. Goddard did later die due to her exposure to the Note G, which only goes to show that you must always handle the Note G with gloves. Right? Mm. Mm. It's made up of gamma rays, right? It's, yes, yes. Fa- fast forward to today. Oh. Now people write a lot of songs using the, lo- the Note G. I take, take a minute to think of one now. <laughs> uh, it's really the original G, yeah. Yeah. Well, the one you thought of, was probably fake. <laughs> the note G is today is mostly made of parts of the note D that nobody wanted. That <laughs> the harmonics. Okay. This is because of the, the trade embargo with Turkey, where the, <laughs> note, the note G is traditionally mined. Ever since Gallipoli, man. <laughs> the note G is difficult to find. Many people have never even seen one. But <laughs> I know I haven't. Every, yeah. Everybody thinks they know about it, but they don't. Mm-mm. But how do I know? A, sorry. Take your time. But how do I know <laughs> a good note G when I find one? This is how you pick it up, check for spots. <laughs> it may taste bitter. Is it hollow inside? Oh. Oh. If it is. 
then it is the Note G. It, oh, okay. One more thing. Are you wearing gloves? Oh. If not, then you will die in one week. Oh. oh. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe there will one day be a Note H. Thank you for listening to my Viva Voce. <laughs> wow. Yes. Very well Excellent done, Dave. Stuff. Take a seat. Oh, God. Thank you. Mm. Very, some really interesting points there. What a flashback. Wow. <laughs> um, Honestly, that's exactly how my HSC um, Viva Voce must have read to, to the markers. And, and then yeah. you decided to go on and continue your musical <laughs> studies. <laughs> yeah. well, it's easily my best subject. So. <laughs> I have realized that um, th- through through this uh, recommendation, uh, Stu, that mm. I, I simultaneously loved love and hate um, the kind of the person that I was um, back back in those days. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and it's mostly because I'm reading my own writing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's a difficult thing. It's sometimes. very, very difficult to, yeah. to read it, um, and not only because. One of my, when I would write essays and stuff, it was a, there was a, a word count clearly, and I would write really, really long titles to the essay as part of the word count. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. oh, yeah. Every single one of them had a colon in them. At that's least. how you get that fluff in there, man. The word yeah, count. The it. word you, you count. Get, you, get, count. You, get, you get desperate at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's right. That's I totally right. get you though. That is exactly why I turned off stories on Facebook. I just I don't want to know. I don't know. Want to know? <laughs> I don't want to know. I look at it and oh. I'm like, oh, that asshole. That, that's me. That sucks. Those memories, man. Yeah, the absolute yeah. pits. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to um, give this a rating, listeners. You may know that my rating system is between one and one hundred, but I may only use each number one time. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm going to give giving a Viva Voce. A four. Oh. <laughs> and, and listen, this isn't wow. a... Wow. That's, that's rough. I know that that's rough, right? Yeah. But the only reason that I'm giving it that number is because I had to relive the panic of the HSC and those the next the three succeeding years of, my, of uni uh, and also very vividly look myself in the face and see just what a piece of crap I was. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> You're going, you're going pretty low these days, Davey. If, the, if that bottom rung fills up, one day you're going to get a recommend like pull all of the hair out of the drain in your shower and you're going to have to give it a 25. Give it a 100, yeah. Stu, <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, man. Oh, sorry, sorry, I told guys. you that in... Oh. <laughs> History the repeater As hers today But we found the answer It's shuffle and play Last week, Chris Hayslip, I recommended to you to broaden the uh, the canon of Chris's bad movies with Chris uh-huh. by watching the film Dunstan Checks In. I'm so excited. Yes. How'd you go? The 1996 classic family film Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> very very good year. Very good year. Um, it sort of says all you need in the title, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Dunstan is a monkey, or more specifically, a, an orangutan. Um, is referred to in uh, as both throughout the film, and I'll be doing the same. Isn't so, he a chimpanzee though? No, is he an no. orangutan or is he's he... an orangutan? Because I remember saying last week that he was an orangutan because that was my memory of him. But when he... I looked at the poster, it seemed like he was a chimpanzee. He is played by Sam the orangutan. Okay, okay. wait. Oh, Sam's in this. Wait oh. a minute. Are you saying that Sam the orangutan is playing a chimpanzee? No, no, no. He's an orangutan <laughs> in the film as well. <laughs> 
No, there's no chimpanzee. He's, like, a method. He's a method actor. Chimpanzees just don't look natural on screen, man. You've got to get orangutans to, to play chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't work, we'll just strap a bunch of cats together. That's oh, my right. God. Right. Sorry, I've just gone to IMDb <laughs> and there is a listing under Sam. That's right. Oh, it's, well, not, it's, not, it's not Sam the orangutan. Just it's not Sam. Sam. Orangutan. Yeah, he's an orangutan. That's correct. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, he's only in that movie. He's oh, only yeah. in Dunstan. Anyway. The My Sharona of orangutans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One hit, but goddamn it, hit. Uh, Dunstan checks in, guys. So it's sort of the spiritual sequel to Home Alone 2 and the spiritual prequel to The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody um, with that Clint Eastwood <laughs> film with a monkey in it swelled all throughout, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a score of 12%. Yeah. Um, with, the, with the critics. Uh, mm-hmm. Though with the audience, it has a score of 40%. Okay. Which is, okay. I think, a pretty good uh, way to look at this movie uh-huh. with that information, if that okay, makes good. sense. Okay, good. Good to know. Um, but it's also important to remember that both of those categories did not like the film. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 40% is not a good score. Yeah, it looks great next to whatever 15%, but yeah, it's not a good score. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. uh, do, you, do you guys want to hear what happened in the movie? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, right. go on. So uh, we start off with Jason Alexander, uh, who's best known for playing George Costanza. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite actors. I love oh. Jason Alexander so, yeah, so much. Yeah. He's so, so good. Yeah. So Jason Alexander, he's the star. He's the lead actor. Yeah, right. Uh, Jason Alexander runs an upper-class five-star hotel, and his two sons who live there in the hotel with him are running amok and pulling pranks, namely on one particular fat man uh, from Beetlejuice. You know that fat guy from Beetlejuice? Um, oh, um, is George Costanza? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, someone in their car is nodding at the moment and I'm glad that they are. Um, okay. so one son is from the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, the, uh, mm-hmm. the actor. Um, yeah, yeah. One of my favourite childhood movies of all time. And I have him pegged as probably the second greatest child star of all time. I think he is so, so good. Yeah, right. After, after Macaulay, I'm assuming. I, I mean, of course. I, I mean, goes without saying. The, the man who doesn't need an introduction. Sorry, the child who doesn't need an introduction. That's right. <laughs> The forever child. The man The man certainly does. Yes. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck's this? <laughs> uh, the other kid, his older brother, is a little bit weird and kind of creepy okay. and has like a weird lisp and this everything about him feels wrong. And I, I, guess, is that, I feel is weird. Is that because he is an orangutan? Or? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That This was a uh, human, oh. um, I think. Is the lisp like particularly affected? Like is it definitely put on? Oh, no, 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 it's not put on. Uh, it's just okay. this actor. Yeah. Um, just doing the best he can, which is bad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is there's, there's there's a reason that there's no Sam the Human on IMDb. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, we then meet the creepy Rupert Everett, uh, who is literally playing Nigel Thornbury. Okay. <laughs> Quite literally. Same oh, hair. Oh, man, I'm so glad I gave you this movie. Same accent. Same little buck teeth thing. <laughs> He's doing oh his best, God. Nigel Thornberry. And to his credit, the wild Thornberrys um, come out ne- later, uh, like a year or two after this. So he, wow. like, oh, he right. might have invented okay. Nigel Thornberry here. Yeah, okay. Wow, the roots of Nigel Thornberry. Yes, so Nigel Thornberry enters uh, and he plans on robbing some of the more wealthy guests with his cunning assistant, a charismatic orangutan named Dunstan. <laughs> the oh, perfect yeah. crime. <laughs> <laughs> no one will suspect me because I have a monkey. <laughs> well, he keeps him in a box and sort of hidden away. Nothing weird about me. <laughs> All I need to do is place a banana near the diamond and it's mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not far off. Uh, so Nigel's the boss and is quite cruel to Dunstan, uh, often threatening abuse, which is, you know, quite mm. mean. But, you know, also because he is Nigel Thornbury, it's quite hard to take him serious whenever he's doing that. So yeah. it's never too yeah. heavy, you know? Yeah, okay. Uh, Jason Alexander's boss lady comes to visit and stresses how high the stakes are because there is a reviewer currently in the hotel who can give the hotel a potential sixth star. Wow. Stakes. stakes. You feel those stakes, boys? They're pretty high. They're pretty high up there, aren't they? And if she pulls it off, Chris might even give it three. (laughs) (laughs) Let's wait and see. Uh, That night, after being prepped by Rupert Everett, Dunstan gets dressed in his cute little robber outfit, scales the exterior of the hotel, and breaks (laughs) into a room. Wow. (laughs) When inside, he throws some clothes around, steals some jewels, and tries on some hats. (laughs) he's just he's an orangutan man that's great like this scene in particular is just a solid 15 minutes of just an orangutan being an orangutan hell yeah that's why we're here yeah all about that dunstan throughout the movie is treated like the star of the show yeah mostly because he is yeah like they they know he's what people came to see yeah, yeah. It's not to see Nigel Thornbury. No. no, I mean he's the titular character, right? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie was called something else and they renamed it Dunstan Checks In because he right. is the star. I'll be damned. He's pretty good. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, right. wow. he just has this sincere melancholy in his eyes. There's such a story <laughs> to his facial expressions. It's just incredible, and like, it's just wow. amazing to see him move around as well. Like, scaling the exterior of the building there. It's just amazing seeing him move. It's like, you know, the best parts of. Um, of the zoo. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. All packed into a weird Disney film. It's it's the zoo and Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you can see him at times like looking off camera at a trainer. Uh, he's oh, like yeah. quite clearly telling him what 100%. to do, but I don't yeah. even care. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever you need to do to get to get Sam doing his doing his thing. Hell yeah. Uh, after some near misses and a trip down the la- the hotel laundry chute. Dunstan and Kyle, the younger brother, finally meet and become fast friends. And Dunstan reveals that Nigel Thornbury is being super mean to him. Uh, you might be wondering, how does he reveal that? Yeah, I, I was literally about to ask. I, I'm really not sure. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like you're just watching a, something and like information is conveyed and you just like yeah. you just sort of miss it. Like, That's like, what happened. Oh, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay. Um, Dunstan is like having a bit of fun. Uh, so hijinks uh, ensue. Uh, he, he starts like messing around with that fat guy from Beetlejuice at the gym who's just trying to get some workout and he's like messing around with his stuff. Then like yeah. Dunstan walks in on a lady getting a massage and then like the masseuse like walks out of the room and then Dunstan like gets up on there and starts like uh, massaging her and oh, like yeah. with her none the wiser and she's like really enjoying it and she enjoys it so much. The only word I can be used to describe it is an orgasm. She literally has an <laughs> orgasm in the middle of this child movie with an orangutan on her back. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, boy! Oh boy! <laughs> the coarse, flexible fingers of a powerful orangutan. <laughs> this this is a ripper recommendation. Let me say, <laughs> <laughs> she might have thought two people were massaging her at once. Oh, you will actually, yeah, you like, yeah, Just literally, the hands, that yeah. literally happens. It's four, yes, yes, yeah, right, oh, yeah, goodness. Uh, Dunstan, he keeps going. You can't stop the Dunstan train. Uh, he walks in on two <laughs> ladies getting a facial and eats the cucumber off their faces. Hilarity. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> as Dunstan runs loose around the hotel. Uh, from from there, it's miscommunication city. 
right? Yeah, which right. is classic for a movie like this. Yeah. Uh, Kyle tells Jason Alexander there's a monkey. Jason Alexander doesn't believe there's a monkey. Jason Alexander believes Nigel Thornberry's the secret reviewer. Kyle tells Jason Alexander that Nigel Thornberry uh, owns the monkey and is being super mean to him. And then Jason Alexander finds the monkey and freaks out. Although that happens in a really short amount of time. Yeah. Which okay. W- okay, so what we need to do, we need to think about whether or not we need to extrapolate on all of this exposition here or 20-minute monkey hat supercut. <laughs> Literally. Which one's it going to be? Uh, I think it's going to totally. be the monkey hat supercut. Yeah. <laughs> I love your first edit, but um, there is no hint at plot in this film. <laughs> this is a documentary without David Attenborough and a tuba. <laughs> a little, like, well, that's the thing, because it's not really a plot. But, yeah. you know, it's like a kid's movie, and that's why kids love this movie, because... They totally understand what is going on. Right. They get the procedure. They get that it's monkey plus hotel equals funny. And yeah. Yeah. in a way that adults just can't. Just can't. They just well, don't kind get of. It. They just get they that, get it, you know, that is funny. And the plot is the hotel, the adults are trying to stop this, you know, they're yeah. trying to stop the funny and they're trying to stop monkey. And it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Though I will say the movie really starts to lag around this point. Yeah. Okay. Until in walks Paul Rubin. Oh, better known as one P. Wee Herman. Oh, guys, my boys, God, boys, he is so good in this. Yeah, he is so good. He comes in looking like Leon the professional, uh, and he's here to play the animal control guy. Oh, awesome! And he oh. like just nails it. He completely gets what this movie is trying to be. Uh, he has a couple scenes with the monkey and like matches him beat for beat. Like he wow. is just. The perfect volume for this movie. Awesome. Uh, I've never really like, seen him in much or enjoyed him in much, but in this he is so good and I was so, so impressed. Cool. Uh, the movie kind of turns into E.T. Like they sort of dress the monkey up and try and like, hide him around, you know, like with the hat and the sunglasses and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. They book him a room in the hotel under the name Dr. Lam Bin Nyok, uh, which brings on moral hijinks, of course. Of course. Oh, yeah, um, of course. We see Dunstan the orangutan opens a bottle of champagne. Uh, which a lot of adults I know can't do. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, true. 100%. Wait, that I, means he's drunk before. He's a he's a party animal. Yeah, maybe. He's literally a party animal. The really sad part of this movie is how the the actor Sam the Sam the orangutan does have crippling alcohol dependency. <laughs> <laughs> it's really um, sad. The, the memorial at the end of the film is really touching that. It's actually funny you mentioned that, Stu, because I'm not sure he did it on purpose. Right. I re-round and like watched this scene multiple, multiple times just yeah. to work out what's actually happening because it actually looks like it's an accident. Right. Him okay. opening the champagne bottle because he gets pretty scared. Uh, <laughs> okay. And they cut it like as soon as they can, as soon as it pops open, they cut it. But he looks pretty frazzled by the whole thing, which of course he's opening this really loud like, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. That's the closest they come. it comes to Dunstan ever looking uncomfortable, I will say. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, well, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, they oh, seem pretty chill with it. I like to think that there's a deleted scene, which is just Sam the orangutan just absolutely losing his shit. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why he's only in this one film. This was his Christian Bale moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christian Bale, <laughs> famous for only being in one film. <laughs> yeah man Dark Knight right uh-huh, that's it that's it yeah it's the one he was a great joker <laughs> Dunstan then throws a frisbee while hanging from a chandelier uh, only before he pretends to be a bowling ball and rolls along the ground and knocks over empty champagne bottles set up like bowling pins <laughs> it's incredible great. it's an that's incredible so good. yeah right who set them up 
<laughs> I think the children. I don't know who's drinking all this champagne. They're all empty bottles. Like drunk children and monkeys <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, meanwhile, ooh, meanwhile, downstairs, uh, yeah. Jason Alexander is preparing for the big event uh, and oversees the making of an incredibly large cake. Oh, Uh-oh. I wonder what where that'll go. Ooh. Chekhov's gun situation with this incredibly large cake, yes. like the biggest cake I've ever, ever seen, ever. <laughs> I wonder what could happen there, boys. Nothing. If you show a cake at one hour and 45 minutes, the orangutan must eat it at two. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's where shit turns up. Nigel yeah. Thornbury finds where they've been hiding Dunstan and instead of just taking his monkey back and getting out of Dodge, he uh, kidnaps a child. Whoa. He ties up Kyle, puts tape over his mouth, leaves him in the bathtub and tells him he's going to kill his monkey friend. Okay. Um, then seconds away from certain death, Dunstan bites Nigel Thornbury on the ear and helps the kid escape. That would have been a tense stunt. Yeah. 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 I mean, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Thinking back on it, it's really more a kiss on the sort of ear. Oh, it's more of a kiss. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Does the actor have an orgasm? Because we know that that can happen. <laughs> Just at the mere the touch of a monkey. Uh, the kid finds a picture of Nigel Thornbury and Dunstan together, confirming they're in cahoots, and shows it to Jason Alexander, his dad. So, mm. Nigel Thornbury, Jason Alexander, and Pee Wee Herman are all in a race to catch Dunstan first. Mm. Nigel catches him in the kitchen, but Dunstan smacks him over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> and, oh yeah, and then Dunstan, like, there's like, these dead. hanging lights, you know, that there's those hanging lights yeah. in kitchens? Yeah. Like industrial kitchens, yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. swings like away hangs. on yeah. those hanging oh, down awesome. lights, like that a rules. total badass. It's, it's the rules, best man. shot of the movie. But he straight just... up, he is dead. Orangutans are so fucking powerful. He's dead. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that guy is just minced meat at this yeah. point. Yeah. The other thing. Uh, so then, like, sort of, he, he lands on the ground next to the kid, and they they go to run away. And fun fact I learned from this movie: uh, orangutans can't run. No, <laughs> they just kind of waddle slowly, you know. Yeah, they sw- swing from side to side. Orangutans yeah. are very chill. They don't have anywhere to be. Yeah. yeah. Why would they evolve legs? Yeah. Proper legs, you know. Uh, Nigel Thornbury and Jason Alexander have a fight in the kitchen that just sucks. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay. They're like using props and it's supposed to be funny, but it just doesn't land. It's all a bit much. Okay. Um, then while Dunstan is hanging from a chandelier at the important party, uh, all the guests see and start freaking out. The mm-hmm. boss lady, trying to repair the situation, trying to calm everyone down from the monkey hanging from the chandelier, tells, naturally tells Pee Wee Herman to shoot the monkey with his gun. Oh, no. Shoot the, shoot the monkey. With bullets. Harambe. It'll be a chill time. Harambe. Chill, relaxing holiday. I think a, just a dead orangutan at this important party will just calm everyone down. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just fix the vibe of this dead yeah, animal man. in the middle of the room. Vibe check. Is there a dead orangutan here? No, though. This party blows. That's right. <laughs> Fuck, that is horrid. <laughs> Uh, then, of course, of course, Dunstan jumps on the boss lady, slamming her right through the middle of the cake. Oh, hey, the there cake. it is. Of course. Wow. Bang, bang, Chekhov's gun. Yep. Wow, I was fully expecting like a, a stripper in a cake situation with the orangutan. I thought the orangutan, yes, I, I actually thought the same. I, reckon, really? I thought he was going to come out of it. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, but uh, other hijinks need to be ensued, boys, you know? You could Very just, good, yeah. Too yeah. much hijinks. There's a lot day. more setups. Where the punchline is, there's a monkey here, 
that need to be done. <laughs> uh, boss lady fires Jason Alexander. Then the fat guy from Beetlejuice uh, that Dunstan has been goofing on this entire time tells mm. the boss lady that he was the re- reviewer the whole time yeah. and he's giving her <laughs> one star. No. Oh, brutal. Savage. Uh, Nigel Thornberry is arrested and uh, Dunstan jabs Pee Wee Herman in the mouth. <laughs> just a sucker punch <laughs> straight in the mouth from it. <laughs> just pops pop him. Yep. <laughs> Jason Alexander and the family are relocated to the Bali Hotel and he starts mm-hmm. running the hotel in Bali. Uh, and of course, they bring good old Dunstan along. Yes. Gotta bring him along. He's part yeah. of the family now. He's part oh, of the family. Uh, and Dunstan, we, when we see that shot of Dunstan hanging out in Bali, he's with uh, a female Dunstan uh, mm-hmm. and they have a little baby Dunstan as well. So, yes. a nice little Dunstan oh, nice. family. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and of course, <laughs> they want to make everything right. So, they invite the reviewer. Uh, down to the Bali Hotel to treat him right and make everything right. But just just as they're trying to, to smooth everything over with this reviewer, uh, uh, Dunstan hurls a massive coconut right at his head <laughs> as the credits roll. And we can only assume the mayhem and severe brain damage ensues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was God. also an on-screen accident. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Whoopsie. Um, oh, my okay. God. Dunstan is homicidal. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's he's, pretty intense. He's getting revenge. Yeah. Now for my review, what I actually thought of the movie. Okay. Yeah. It's silly dumb fun, right? Yep. And I think as a kid, I would have loved this movie. I would have yep. like really obsessed over it because yep. I was yep. one of those kids that uh, like felt bad for Wiley Coyote when he fell off the cliff and wondered if he was okay. <laughs> oh, like, really? I was, I was really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like man. I was like any intense situations in movies, I sort of got quite freaked out and quite upset. Okay. Um, it's kind of adorable. But there's not kind of no none of those scenes in this movie. Everything's kind of like nice. Like the kidnapping scene goes for about ten seconds, and even then, like I said before, it's with Nigel Thornberry, and you can't really imagine him doing anything. Like yeah. he sort of says, oh, "I'm yeah. going to kill the monkey," but yeah. like you just can't believe it because he's so cartoonish. Yeah. And you said it ends with a, a kiss on the ear, with with the Dunstan whispering, "Don't make this weird." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I, as an adult, I didn't hate it, uh, but I didn't. I just felt like. Everything didn't click together as well as it could have. Okay, right. Um, there's yeah. two main faults that I can see uh, when I first look at it, both with casting. Uh, I didn't love Rupert Everett, the guy who played Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it just like felt like he was acting and like just like he was, you know, Rupert Everett dressed up as this man and he yeah. was doing yeah. this silly voice now. And like it just felt ingenuine. Sure, and it just, sure, sure. Yeah, it just didn't really yeah. work. Yeah. I wonder what this second casting thing is going to be. Maybe we should have had a, I don't know, a bonobo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love Jason Alexander. My yeah. acting style is Jason Alexander. It absolutely is. Yeah, for it, sure. It, yes. Uh, on paper, he's perfect in this. Right. But it just didn't work. He, ah. uh, he's great as the highly strung hotel manager, but just doesn't sell me on the love loving dad thing. Like That just doesn't really click. Maybe it's a matter that he's more of a TV actor or a theatre actor. He does a lot of theatre yeah. experience and it yep. just doesn't work here. Though yeah. I think I do know why it didn't work. Yeah. I think I knew why the second he stepped onto screen. Because Jason Alexander is George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to an extent, but because he had hair. Oh. Oh, what? Jason Alexander. 
Maybe the most famously bald man in the world. Yeah. In 1996. Move over, Gandhi. Chase yeah. <laughs> <Jason> Alexander. <laughs> at the height of his fame. Like he was Vin Diesel, get the fuck out of here, man. He was the biggest TV actor in 1996 when this movie yeah, came 100%. out. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off, Bruce Willis. Get the fuck yeah. out, man. <laughs> Back in the shed with Friedrich. Get. But like. Get. Yeah, but he was famous because the character was bald. And that was like a big feature of that character. And they okay. gave him a toupee. Oh. They gave him this weird little toupee. Jason Alexander, a man who started balding at 16. <laughs> yeah. I looked that up. That's true. Wow, you're that's you're incredible. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You guys have so much in common. It's crazy. <laughs> Slam. Ay, ay, ay. And and they probably just wanted to really differentiate him from Costanza. Right? I mean, maybe. But something just feels completely wrong with it. And yeah, I think that okay, may have yeah. played a massive role in something just feeling strange about this film. Yeah, okay. I'll finish with this. While researching this movie, I found a quote from a critic, uh, Kevin Thomas from the LA Times, and I think he hit the nail on the head here. He said of the movie, mm-hmm. it's as light as a souffle and just as delicious. And uh, I think that really struck a chord with me when I was reading it. That's nice. Mm. Because it is. It's light, fluffy, and uh, it was quite sweet. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My rating system is out of two. Uh, I'm going to give this bad boy a one. A one out of two. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Good. Not going to overcomplicate it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. God. I'm so glad that I recommended this movie for you, Chris. It was a real gamble. Could have just been a terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It uh, had a bit of heart as well. Had a bit of heart as well. Uh, Speaking of uh, movies with a bit of heart. Oh, should we watch another one, guys? Oh Maybe. my god, yeah. This is actually, you know what? Let's watch a bit of a family movie night. What do you reckon? Oh, that sounds oh, great. Boys, boys, boys. boys. Let's I'm do very it. much in the mood. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Family Movie Night. This is the segment where we watch ten seconds of the film The Wet Bandits Check In. unlawfully (laughs) unlawfully yeah Uh, you know Um, last week we saw he was begging his older brother and older sister to help him pack he doesn't know how to do it then his sister turns to him and just says you are incompetent which is not something competency isn't like a hugely known factor for children below the age of eight. No. Uh, but, you know, she she holds it to a higher high regard, and I appreciate and that. kind of fair enough, he's been trying to sort out packing his suitcase for about five weeks now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And you know what? No, he's not point. even going right. to his suitcase. He's just going to just the next sibling to get, uh, you know, abused. To, to fill up the abuse tank. Yeah. Wrong. Wow. That's hilarious. Okay. Let's, uh, let's watch it. What? Okay. Bombs away. Bombs away. Oh, hey, oh, okay. feet are they? Ooh, that's There's a bag. Okay. Okay. Gosh. Well, one of you give us a recap. A bag has been thrown. A, a full, a full suitcase. A, a pleasure that Macaulay Culkin may never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got, we got a a, a a panning shot on Joe Pesci in mm-hmm. a cop outfit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's. I feel like he's staking this place out. I got. I got bad vibes about the passionator. Mm. No, I don't think so. You don't no, think so? That's a weird thing to think. Actually, yeah. yeah mm. I don't know. I don't know. You definitely. <laughs> I guess you can trust all cops, right? Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the pool boys' mo, man. That's our. I definitely do. <laughs> that's a cabs, right? All cops are the best. Cops are tops. Let's let's stay away. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Moving on. 
That was a fun. That was a fun week of uh, reviews we just had. Yeah, but I think it's time to give it a little sample, give it a little preview to what will be coming next week with next week's recommendations. What do we mm-hmm. have, boys? Who's going first? Yeah, I'll go. Dave, I'm recommending to you this week, mm-hmm. and uh, for this recommend, I actually got a bit of help. Um, friend of the show, Christopher Marchant, uh, chimed in on this one and uh, gave me this oh, idea. Okay. Uh, Dave, for this one, you might have to venture back to an old land. You know much better than than Stu or I. Okay, unreal. The land of Bunnings. Oh, oh, my kingdom. <laughs> Back up the ladder, baby. Back up the Everything ladder. the light touches through the sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, this week, I recommend that you build your own slip and slide. Yes. Summer's awesome. coming up, baby. Summer's coming up. Time to get slipping and sliding. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, man. I know you don't really have a backyard, so you might have to go back to that uh, park you went to for that fire the other day. Yeah. <laughs> you might have the park rangers shaking their heads at you again. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'll probably, they'll probably join in when they see how much fun I'm having. I mean, surely, right? Yeah, they'd, they'd have to. And, and how much just detergent I'm just dumping down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unreal. <laughs> your, your fresh bottle of Mount Franklin. You just got to pull it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that rules. Oh, man. I'm, I, if I'm going to make a slip and slide, I'm using Evian or better. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Using Val Franklin, like some sort of peasant. <laughs> Good luck with that, mate. Thanks, mate. I can't wait. Thank you very nice. much. Nice. Your local jamboree. I love it. Um, <laughs> my uh, recommendation this week is for you, Chris. Oh. Now, Chris, how shall I, how shall I put this to you? So uh, many, many episodes ago... Uh, Dave made use of your Masterclass subscription, which he gave to you for Christmas about this time a year ago. Oh, yeah, that old thing? Yeah. And I thought it might be time for you to blow the dust off it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh and, and connect with a master, at least one Masterclass before oh, your subscription runs out. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, every week... We, actually, almost- we really should make sure we, we cancel that thing before it renews for another oh, absolutely. year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are stuffed. Now, every week, or almost every week, without fail, you... Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Almost every week without fail. <laughs> yeah, almost every week without <laughs> fail. Okay. Uh, you refer to yourself as a straight, up-and-down kind of guy. Uh-huh. And this yeah. week, I want you to take a few tips and a few lessons from someone who's more of a gay, side-to-side kind of person. <laughs> I want you to do RuPaul's Masterclass on Authenticity and Self-Expression. Oh, Nice, wow. dude. That is a sick recommendation, man. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah, okay. I want you to find out all about being yourself from uh, the master, RuPaul, and uh, come back and tell us what you think. Oh, cool. All right. I, when, you, when, when you mentioned Masterclass, I didn't think it was going to go there, but I'm, I'm excited. Okay, cool. Awesome. Stu, I'm giving to you this week. Yeah, you are. So you... Gave me a, uh, a survival skill, um, you know, most most recently. You know, you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. build a fire uh, That's very, right. very recently. And mm. um, I'm going to give you one as well. I want I want, I want uh, you to, to kind of learn, to kind of grow. I know that, um, you know, personal growth, spiritual growth is, is one of your, your criterion. And I, I want to try and hit 10 out of 10 this time. 
Oh, okay, okay. Have mm. you ever heard the phrase, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day? Yeah. But teach a man to fish and he will probably not eat. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember how it goes. If that man is Stu. Yeah, I know that S- adage. Yeah, it's a good one. Stu, this week, mm. I recommend that you invest in some fishing gear and go fishing. Oh, wow. Oh, Okie yes. dokie. Yeah. I, will, I will do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I, um, I often see, uh, you know, old, old guys in their raincoats standing out on the breakwater and doing the exact same thing. So I guess I'll be joining them this week. Yeah, you might great. catch yeah. a seagull, mate. Yeah. I might, I might bump into Phil. Who knows? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just down here fishing, boys. Phil checks in. <laughs> God. Uh, that, that's it for another week, I think. Yeah, those are our recommendations for next week. Make sure you tune back in to have a listen. Uh, of course, if you like the show and you want to support us, you can always donate to the Pool Boys, uh, and you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash the pool boys. Um, we just ask that you buy us a coffee or two, and it, it really helps the show chug along and uh, sort of compensates us for the time that we put into it. Check us out on our socials, our social channels, if you will. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're constantly posting on all of them. Um, just like sort of a behind the scenes and a little uh, in-depth look at uh, what we're doing each and every week. Uh, so go check us out. Uh, we're the Pool Boys Comedy on everything. Uh, and I'm just going to do a little bit of quick fishing now. It's almost dead in the water, almost, but I want to see if it can breathe one last breath of life. If you have any hot goss, send it to thehotgossbox oh. at gmail.com. <laughs> Hot goss box, please. It please. is fishing with a pH there. Yeah, it's the yeah. death rattle of the of the hot goss there box. You go. Please. <laughs> uh, that is going to do us for this week. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Stu. I'm Chris. I'm Constable Davy. And uh, Stu, mm-hmm. why don't you take it away? Okay, Ducky. <clears throat> High on a hill. On hills of the Lonely Gota. Yes. Uh, well done, Chris. Oh, man. I'm just spouting lyrics there. <laughs> Did you just say the Lonely Gota? Is that not it? Goat herd. But yeah, close enough. Close Ooh. enough. <laughs> Smash mouth. Shrek. Shrek. Is it Shrek? I'll say it's not much of a victory, but goddamn, I'll Thank take you it. so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. What a week, boys. What a what week. What a week. Stu, you got to keep in all of your first yodel. I re- that was probably my favourite bit. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept going. <laughs> it's literally like that. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I know.